The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. It's all too much. It's all too much, Andrew. Yeah. To your muff. What's a muff? We'll get to that. Uh, so this well, is George being psychedelic with guitars and feedback for the first time. Before, when he was psychedelic, it was with sitars. Um, yes. Uh, over six-minute acid rock freakout with legitimate melodies. I like that there are multiple interpretations here. It's about an LSD trip and or about Patty Boyd or the official readings. I always thought it was a precursor to the song Carry That Weight. It was a song about the relentless pressure of Beatlemania. Interesting. That's a really interesting take. I can definitely see that. Thank you. Um, I'm going to have to admit something here. I did not know this song at all. Never heard it before. (laughs) But to that point, holy shit, (laughs) this track blew me away. (laughs) My God. I mean, look, it starts off like it's going to be a Hendrix song. Mm Mm-hmm. And then has a guitar line that could almost be a power pop song and then keeps building with elements of tambourine and more cowbell and horns and just like vamps for a while. I mean, this might be one of my favorite Beatles songs all of a sudden. (laughs) Like, I can't believe I didn't know this one. I think it's great. I'm so angry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like, I'm trying to think of like the equivalent if it was, if the roles were reversed, it's like, Hey, Andrew, I just heard this Sloan song for a first time. Uh, uh, rest of my life. I don't know if you've heard it. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know Sloan. So it's like, you know, that's that I can't I, I don't get too I, I can't get too upset about that. Right. Uh, I, I'm just so envious. Like you could <laughs> in the year 2023. Oh, year 2023 of our Lord. You're like, hey, a new Beatles song. I've never heard this. Song. Oh, it's so great. Hey, uh, you know. Hey, Bulldog, what's up? Yeah. I just, you know, and there, I'm going to admit, there's still some more oh. that I haven't heard. Well, I, I guess that'll be good listening for our listeners and just more of more anger emanating from. I'm really looking forward to hearing the long and winding road for the very first no, time. No, no, I'm just kidding. You are joking. <laughs> I sincerely hope you're joking. Yes, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I think this song is, this is a wild ride of a song. And mm-hmm. uh, if you don't know this one, because it's, you know, maybe others just don't know Yell Submarine like I do, or like, you know, like I didn't. Right. Do yourself this, a favor and check out this this track. Yeah, it falls through the cracks. Like, I understand why you probably didn't hear it before. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Uh so yeah, it's all too much. Offer Robert Rodriguez describes the track as gloriously celebratory, with a lyric that conveys his acid revelations in a childlike way. Rather than the song being purely drum-related, Harrison states in his 1980 autobiography "I Me Mine" that the realizations brought about by his LSD experiences were also applicable to meditation. Together with his Beatles bandmate John Lennon and their wives, Harrison first took acid in March 1965. I don't remember if we 
brought up this story before on the podcast. I don't think we did. It was their dentist friend of theirs. They slipped, he slipped LSD in their coffee, and oh, <laughs> they drank it, and they were freaking out, and they they drove, they tried to drive home, um, no, which was a, not smart, but they no, but they safely got back, thankfully. But uh, yes, but of course they loved it, and you know, everything. here you go. Uh, George likened the heightened awareness induced by the drug to a light bulb going on in my head and gaining hundreds of years of experience within 12 hours. In addition, he credited LSD as being the catalyst for his interest in Indian classical music, particularly the work of Ravi Shankar and Eastern spirituality. By the time Harrison wrote It's All Too Much, in 1967, the sitar had temporarily replaced the guitar as his main musical instrument as he received tuition from Shankar and one of the latter's protégés, Shambhu Das. As with his other songs from this period, however, such as Within You, Without You, and Blue Jay Way, Harrison composed a melody on a keyboard instrument. That's interesting. In the case of It's All Too Much, his use of Hammond organ allowed him to replicate the drone-like sound of the harmonium commonly heard in Indian vocal pieces. Coinciding with the counterculture's preoccupation with enlightenment, 1967 marked the period when LSD use had become widespread among rock musicians and their audience. In a 1999 interview with Billboard magazine, Harrison said his aim had been to write a rock and roll song about the whole psychedelic thing of the time. In the Beatles anthology, George said, although it has a downside, I see my acid experience more as a blessing because it saved me many years of indifference. It was the awakening and the realization that the important thing in life is to ask, who am I? Where am I going? And where have I come from? Can't relate. Based on a droning G chord, it's all too much transposed the continuing influence of Indian music onto a psychedelic setting. The lyrics combine the cosmic philosophy favored by Harrison with some nursery rhyme style whimsy. Before the sound of the guitar, the recording begins with an interrupted cry from John Lennon, which listeners identify as either to your mother or sue your mother or to your muff. According to, hmm. according to Genius, uh, they say it's to your muff, where muff is a slang term for woman. This is consistent with the fact that the song is dedicated to George's wife, Patty. Now, according to Urban Dictionary, by 2006, muff morphed, morphed into meaning uh, an inoffensive slang word for a vagina. So, and there's also a, a, a band called The Muffs. When did they begin their enterprise? Um, I believe it was the 90s. Mm. Come on. We recently lost... Um, yep. Form 91. We recently lost uh, Kim Shattuck. Rest in power. Rest in power. So, yeah, don't call your lady a muff. That's a, No. No. Don't, don't do that. No. I know John Lennon said it. So there's a Simpsons. There's this, isn't there like a Simpsons reference about it too? Is there? Are you Wait, thinking of on. Duff? No. Oh no. I'm sorry. Huh. What? I don't know if I want to say what I. Well, I guess I. There, do you remember when um, Will Ferrell um, pretended to be did a whole like like HBO special where he was George W. Bush? Yes. Yes, he, he did a whole thing about how he was knee-deep in muff. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't remember yes. that part. 
Yeah. I do remember the his bodyguard like eventually breakdancing. That's right. That was a burning gag. It's all oh boy. It's all anyway. It's all too much, man. It could, it's all too much, man. It contained a couplet from the Mercy's 1966 hit single "Sorrow," the line "With your long blonde hair and your eyes of blue." The trumpeters, meanwhile, performed a motif from Jeremiah Clark's "Prince of Denmark's March," also known as "Trumpet Voluntary." George said, I just wanted to write a rock and roll song about the whole psychedelic thing at the time because you trip out, you see, on all this stuff, and then whoops, you'd just be back having your evening cup of tea. Your long blonde hair and your eyes are blue. That was all just this big ending we had going out. And as it was in those days, we had the horn players just play a bit of trumpet voluntarily. And so that's how the Prince of Denmark bit was played. And Paul John just came up with and sang that lyric of your eyes are blue. Uh, at another point of record, yeah, the Beatles' use of musical and lyrical quotations here predates All You Need Is Love, which was written by Lennon and recorded in June 1967 for the group's appearance on the Our World Television broadcast. So again, John might have been influenced by George. While, note- while noting the similar ideological theme behind the two compositions, English writes of Harrison and Lennon presenting alternative accounts of the same subject in a manner of French Impressionists, such as Monet, Renoir, and Manet, each of, which, each of whom painted their own interpretations of sites in Paris and Argentine. The Beatles began recording It's All Too Much on May 25, 1967 at Delane Leah Studios, located on Kingsway in central London. With producer George Martin not in attendance, nor for the subsequent session, the band produced the recording themselves. The song had a worky title of Too Much, a phrase that journalist Robert Fontenot <coughs> terms beatnik vernacular for an experience that was exceptionally mind-blowing. No, it's interesting. We've talked we talked uh, about how he wasn't there for altogether now, mm-hmm. and Yell Submarine, and eventually when we talk about um, you know you know my name, look up the number. This also has a pretty jubilant like party vibe that I didn't put together. Mm. But if they're if they're saying that like hey it's it's we're a lot more lighter it's a lot lighter when he's not here we're having a little bit more fun I can kind of see that here with you know kind of the coda. Absolutely. Yeah, he'd be like, "You, we could cut this down to like three minutes." Like, no, it has to be too much. It has to be too much. The group taped four takes of the basic track, the final version of which extended to over eight minutes. With Harrison playing Hammond organ, Lennon on lead guitar. John's been playing lead guitar a lot lately. Paul mm-hmm. on bass and Ringo on drums. The following day, they had overdubs comprising vocals, percussion, and hand claps. In addition, according to authors Ian McDowell and Kenneth Fonbeck, Harrison also played lead guitar to truck. Wait a minute. <laughs> Two lead guitars. Maybe that's an uh, acid rock thing. I don't know. Yeah. What are we, King Crimson all of a sudden? <laughs> George Martin was there to uh, conduct the trumpets and bass clarinet parts, which George did not want <laughs> in retrospect. <laughs> I think sure. we'll get to that. Um, following the intro to I Feel Fine back in 1964, It's All Too Much is a rare example of the Beatles' use of feedback on a recording and suggests the influence of Jimi Hendrix. Womack credits this guitar part to Harrison who played his Epiphone Casino using the instrument's Bigsby tremolo, which is a tremolo bar, in searing full vibrato force. Harrison later rued the prominence of the brass accompaniment, saying, To this day, I'm still annoyed that I let them mess it up with those damn trumpets. 
Basically, the song's quite good, but you know, messed up with those trumpets. I and I don't like it. And I don't like it. I I I like the trumpets, but I, I see what he means. Yeah, I, I do too. Like I'd I'd be interested in hearing a version without it. Yeah, maybe anthology four. Mm-hmm. On May thirty first, they returned to the Lane Ray, the Lane Lee, adding percussion, leaning backy vocals, and hand claps. According to Mark Lewis in the complete Beatles recording sessions, John and Paul's backing, meanwhile, started to waver a little. The chanted too much eventually becoming tuba and then Cuba. It was that sort of a song. Yep. Cuba. Cuba. In a month's following the recording sessions, Harrison swore off LSD usage. After visiting the Hyde Ashbury district of San Francisco in August with Patty Boyd, uh, Derek Taylor, and others, <clears throat> he said he found himself disillusioned at how, rather than an enlightened micro society, Hyde Ashbury seemed to be a haven for dropouts and drug addicts. Gee, so picky. Harrison and Lennon subsequently became avid supporters of the Maharishi, and we know that story. Former gong guitarist Steve Hillage recorded It's All Too Much for his 1976 solo album, L. Journey, heard of them? Also issued a recording of the song in 1976 on their album, Look Into the Future. I'm sure they did it faithfully. The House of Love released the cover of the song as the B-side to Feel, the first single from their 1992 album, Babe Rainbow. Babe Rainbow. The previous year, Love's Young Nightmare recorded it as All Too Much for Revolution Number no. 9, a tribute to the Beatles in native Cambodia, a multi-artist compilation supplied with Revolver magazine. <clears throat> the album was reissued in the U.S. in 97 following the popularity of Brit pop bands such as Oasis. The church included anyway. the track on their 1999 covers of A Box of Birds. I could see the church doing a really great cover of this. It's All Too Much has that. been performed live by the Grateful Dead. Of course. By the latter's associate acts Rat Dog and Phil Lesh mm-hmm. and Friends, and by Yonder yeah. Mountain String Band. They've come up a lot recently. Yeah. Still not going to check them out, but other artists who have recorded the song include all I've of I've seen them live, actually. How are they? They're fine. They're like a, okay. It's like a bluegrass type thing. Other artists who have recorded the song include All About Eve, Paul Gilbert, The Violet Burning, Yukihiro Takahashi, and Rich Robinson. A version by former MC5 guitarist Wayne Kramer appeared on the 2003 Harrison tribute album Songs from the Material World. My Darling Clementine recorded It's All Too Much for Yellow Submarine Bridge Services, a multi-artist CD accompanying the July 2012 issue of Mojo. The Flaming Lips performed the song at the George Fest tribute concert in September 2014 with special guest Ginger Shankar playing violin. Haha, they had a Shankar there. They win the George Fest. <laughs> love count five. A lot of love. Surprising. When you're on acid. Josie Scale, I give this a yeah. Yeah, man. I gotta give this a yeah as well. Yeah, man. It's too much. Is this top ten? I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. You don't have the testicular fortitude to go out. I do not have the stones to put that there just yet. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. 
But we also love the outfield a lot So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band Someday we'll judge if they're fine Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine